Okay. So like I say, later on today, we are going to get the details from the Premier. I think Nate Horner is going to be with her, too, um, on the renewable moratorium ending in the province of Alberta. So we'll get some indication of what that's going to look like. And there's some reporting in the Globe and Mail, and I'll go through that with you in just a couple of minutes. It looks like there's going to be large areas of our province that are no longer eligible for renewable projects based on what kind of land and land use and all the rest of that stuff. So we'll get more details. But yesterday we got some some details, some, some um, what's the right word, some slight optimism, a little bit of optimism in the oil patch. Um, things continuing to grow, if only slightly. The Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers, CAP, the industry group that represents oil and gas producers in this country, say the capital expenditures should come in at about $40.6 billion this year, which is up a bit. 39 billion last year. So, I mean, you're talking about over a billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Um, here in Alberta, investment will remain steady at about 29 billion. And, uh, there's two things that are sort of affecting this forecast, according to CAP. One pushing, that's the Trans Mountain pipeline, uh, coming online production, ramping up big time to try and meet that. And I think it sounds like they're going to meet it much sooner than they'd planned. Um, and uncertainty over energy policy is pulling back a little bit. And, has industry feeling a little bit cautious. We did ask representatives of CAP to come on this morning and, and go through the forecast. Couldn't make it happen for, for whatever reason. Um, so uh, we're going to have this conversation as well with Markham Hislop. Markham is an energy journalist and publisher of Energy Media, frequent guest on the show. Markham, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, good morning, Shay. Um, okay, so taking a look at this forecast, it's almost like a you know steady as she goes. Nothing too big one way or the other. What are you seeing in what CAP is projecting? Uh, on the capital expenditure, expenditure side, that's exactly right. The, uh, if you look at the Alberta Energy Regulators forecast for the rest of this decade, 29 billion per year is, is pretty, it's flat. That, yeah. That's what they're expecting for the rest of the year. The interesting thing is that the Alberta Energy Regulator is also forecasting a big increase in oil sands output. So right now it's about 3.2, 3.4 million barrels a day. They expect that to go up by 600,000 barrels a day by 2032. They expect another, an increase of 1 billion cubic feet per day for gas. And on the conventional oil side, it, we're doing about just under 500,000 barrels a day. And that'll go up by about 100,000. And then it'll kind of peter off uh, for uh, as we approach 2032. So, Basically, this is a mature industry, and it's getting more and more production with fewer and fewer people and basically the same amount of capital. Um, Okay, so when they talk about some of the factors that are at play here, and they cite Trans Mountain Pipeline, and we know that that has ramped up production. You and I have talked about that, Mark, and we already see oil sands producers ramping up to meet that production, right? Um, yes, I mean, uh, for, that's absolutely sh- right. I mean, you know, that's what the AER uh, forecast is about. And on Trans Mountain expansion, the uh, capacity will be, b- b- I think it's about, it's been raised from 525,000 barrels a day to, I think it's around 575, 580. So there's a lot of oil already going down to the U.S. Gulf Coast by rail. I expect some of that oil would then be shipped to the uh, to TMX, I mean, it, it, the the transport costs are lower, uh, and it will add more expansion, uh, more capacity for producers. But the Canadian Energy Regulator has produced a a, fork, a graph that forecasts whether or not there's going to be enough uh, pipeline capacity, and up until the early 2030s, with the addition of TMX, we now have 
enough pipeline for all of the uh, expanded production in Western Canada. So TMX, from the producer's point of view, is a very welcome addition. Okay, the other side of this, and I know you got some thoughts, is caution in the oil and gas sector when it comes to what might happen with emissions regulations, clean energy regulations. What's Ottawa going to do? Um, I, I imagine there is some uncertainty there, Markham, and, and some sort of let's wait and see what happens. No? We have a real dilemma here in Alberta, uh, and I'll, I'll, it's complex, but I'll make it as, as simple as I can. Alberta oil and gas all by itself makes up 22% of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions. So you can imagine that the federal government, which has made climate uh, commitments and emissions reduction targets by 2030, is really anxious to get those down. The problem is that the oil sands makes up the bulk of those, those emissions, and that's very difficult and very expensive to reduce emissions there. So the, the producer, the uh, Canadian energy regulator did some net zero uh, scenario modeling. And what it shows that if the producers have to bear the cost, the compliance cost of reducing emissions, it raises their production costs so much that it makes them uneconomic. And when, when prices, uh, if the prices start to decline in, after 2030, they could go bankrupt. We could see a big reduction in oil production in Alberta. So we're kind of betwixt and between here. The, produ- the producers and the Alberta government want to protect the competitiveness, the profitability of the industry, sure. while the federal government is really freaked out about, you know, the rising emissions. And I don't, I, you know, we would be looking for a Canadian compromise, right? A middle ground. I don't see a middle ground here. The only possible middle ground is if taxpayers pay tens of billions of dollars to subsidize the uh, construction of things like carbon capture pipelines and equipment. Other than that, I don't see a middle ground. This is a real problem. My take on this always is politicians will say and do whatever they want to do, but there's a reality that exists. And ultimately, that's what will rule the day. Like, there will be a certain energy demand. And that, and I think that's where industry is kind of focused. So they've got the uncertainty they've got to try and navigate. But at the end of the day, there is a demand for energy and they'll meet it. And that's the end of story. But there's some caveats there because the we're having a debate now about when peak oil demand will come. So if you know if you listen to Premier Danielle Smith, who agrees with the Saudis and OPEC yeah. that it won't peak until 2045, then we have lots of time where there's no problem and, and prices are going to probably stay high, and we could have some very good times in, in Alberta for you know booms for a long time yet. But the IEA and other forecasters are saying, no, 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 we could ha- we're going to have peak oil demand in 2030 or be even before that. And we're talking maybe, you know, three, four, five years. I mean, that's not no time at all in, in, in this industry. So if the IEA is right, we've got a disaster looming because that means it'll peak and then we'll have a little plateau. And then in the early 2030s, maybe we'll start to see decline and then prices will go down. And can our oil sands producers compete? That's an open question. They're high cost. They're a yeah. long ways away from market. And this is, this is a, uh, I can't impress upon your listeners enough shape. This is potentially an ex- existential crisis for the Alberta oil and gas industry. Maybe it won't be, but my take on all of this is that we're we're looking we're staring down the barrel 
of demand destruction for the biggest industry in the province. Well, I think everybody recognizes that, Mark. It's all about the timeline. It's when is that... And like you say, there's there's the different forecasts, and, and there's the OPEC one, and there's the IEA, and they all have different forecasts, I mean, roughly, but 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 they're all saying, yeah, we're, I mean, Danielle Smith, when she spoke about uh, last week, I think she was talking about the budget, she said, this is our last shot. This is our last boom is on the way. So, I mean, even she's recognizing the end is in sight, Mark. I would agree 100%. And, but, you know, the, the premier thinks that the boom is going to stand a lot longer yeah, than yeah. I do. Uh, I would say, like, the, the advantage of being a journalist, uh, here, Shay, is that I get to interview, you know, experts all over the world, read all kinds of studies. And I would say that in my opinion, the evidence is lining up for the IEA's view of peak oil demand. It's coming by 2030. Now in Alberta, we have this nasty habit of always planning for the best case scenario and ignoring the worst case. And I think we're doing it again here and we do it at our peril. Yeah, and, and, and we'll see where it goes. And ultimately, like I say, the reality is the reality. Markham, always a pleasure. I appreciate you so much for joining us. Thank you.